Well, good morning. A couple of quick things as we begin this morning, or as we continue this morning. Uh, this coming uh, Thursday is Christmas Eve. In case your children and grandchildren haven't reminded you enough already, uh, this Thursday is Christmas Eve, so we want to invite all of you to our Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve at 5.30. Uh, we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper. We will be uh, having a candlelight service. It is always a wonderful aspect of our Christmas where we gather as the body of Christ. We celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus through celebrating His birth. And we will celebrate uh, together on Christmas Eve at 5.30. So I want to invite you to be here for that. If, however, you're not able to be here for our Christmas Eve service and you've purchased a, a poinsettia in memory of a family member or in honor of someone, we want to invite you to go ahead and take that today after our service. If you will be here, though, we'd like for you to leave it until our Christmas Eve service and then you can take it home uh, after that. So I'll go, again, want to... Re- want to invite you to Christmas Eve service and let you know if you've purchased a poinsettia in honor and memory of someone and you won't be able to be here for Christmas Eve service, please take it. Uh, We want you to be able to take it home with you uh, before Christmas. So uh, invite you this morning to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 11 as we continue our study on the book of Matthew. And as you're turning there, as you're turning there, uh, just want to make sure that you haven't forgotten that you haven't forgotten the context of the book of Matthew. We understand the book of Matthew was written by whom? Matthew. And it was written to the Jews. So it was written by Matthew to the Jewish people. And it was written for a particular purpose to uh, present Jesus as the son of David. Very good. Present Jesus as the promised Messiah, as the fulfillment of the Old Covenant Jesus is the son of David. So Matthew chapter 20, chapter 11, verses 25 through 30, we're going to be reading this morning. Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I praise thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and the earth, that thou didst hide these things from the wise and intelligent, and did reveal them to babes. Yes, Father, for thus it was well-pleasing in thy sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And anyone whom the Father, the Son, wills to reveal, anyone to whom the Father, the Son, wills to reveal to him. Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you shall find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. God, I pray that as we gather here this morning to celebrate Christmas, as we gather here this morning to celebrate not only the birth of our Lord, but on this Sunday morning we gather to celebrate His resurrection his defeat of sin and death once and for all. God, as we gather, Lord, may we find rest and peace in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I pray that whenever you leave here this morning, that you will understand 
that you will understand and experience the rest and the peace that is in Christ. How many of you this morning need a vacation? We need a vacation from, from Christmas. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, are you ready for Christmas? I said, to be over, yes. I am ready for Christmas to be over. Uh, it, it is, is, there are aspects about Christmas, there are aspects about the Christmas season that are wonderful. We love getting together with our family. Uh, my wife is a Hallmark Christmas uh, uh, movie connoisseur, and so we watch uh, the Christmas Kiss, the Christmas Card, the Christmas Minivan, the Christmas Everything, and and you know I I, I got on uh, Netflix or Hulu, one of those things, and and looked in the queue, and there was about seventeen Hallmark Christmas movies. 12 Dates of Christmas, all these things, and, and, and she goes, I'm so excited to watch this Christmas movie, and I'm thinking to myself, how many more days until Christmas? How many more days? And, and, and I thought, you know, the perfect Christmas movie that, that we could watch together, and I tell her this all the time, she's shaking her head, she said, don't say this, the perfect Christmas movie is Die Hard. I mean, it was, it was Christmas, right? So, so, but in all, in all seriousness, you know, there are aspects about Christmas that are exhausting. You know, you, you, you go from one Christmas party to another Christmas party. You, you go from one store to the other. You fight traffic. You're, you're trying to coordinate. Friday uh, was absolutely crazy. We have three children with three different Christmas parties. And then we had a Christmas party that night for the church. And we had one Monday uh, for the school. And, and there are aspects about Christmas that are just exhausting. But if you... Don't even talk about Christmas. There are aspects about life that are just exhausting. And today, we are conditioned, we are conditioned to, to fill our schedules and fill our calendars in such a way that, that from the moment we open our eyes to the moment that we close them at night, that our schedules are full of stuff to do. And if they're not full of stuff to do, then we're looking for stuff to do. Or stuff to do is being thrust upon us, whether it's work or whether it's play or whether it's activities or piano or, or baseball or football or basketball or, or drama practice or, or whatever. We're filling our lives with stuff. And we're so busy and so exhausted that even when we go on our vacations, we come back from our vacations that we have filled with stuff and filled with activities and filled with, with, with things to do that we come back and we need vacations from our vacation. Well, I want us to look at the passage this morning and see that God desires to give us rest. And I want to point out that when I talk about rest this morning, that I am not simply talking about physical rest, but look at the text, look at the text. Jesus says this in verse, in verse 29. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. The rest that Jesus is speaking of is peace. That there's rest for your soul. The angels made this proclamation, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For today in the city of David is born to you a Savior. His name is Christ the Lord, and there shall be peace for all men. The message of Christ is that he brings rest. What kind of rest does he bring? He brings rest for our soul. He brings peace. 
And so when we're talking about rest this morning, and, and, and rest is going to be a theme that, that we're going to, to come back to, there's going to be rest in Christ. I want us to understand that it is not simply a physical rest, simply a relaxation, but it is a rest for our soul. That we will, we will come to a place where we stop trying. We cease striving. The psalmist said in Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still. Literally meaning, stop striving. Stop working. Be still and know that I am God. And so I pray that when you leave this place, that you'll have rest, peace in Christ. Now, let's look at the text. As we begin the text, Jesus begins and he says, I praise you, Father. Because you hid these things from the smart people and you revealed them to those who were ignorant. That's what the text literally says. Look at verse 25. It says, Jesus praises the Father. In verse 25 he says, I praise thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you hid these things from the wise and the intelligent and revealed these things to babes. The wisdom of this world Hear this, church. The wisdom of this world does not bring peace, does not bring rest. If anything, the wisdom of this world brings more anxiety and more angst and more unrest. Because the more you understand, the more you know, the more there is to worry about. The more you understand, the medical profession is, is a prime example of this. The more you understand, how many of you have read something recently that says such and such, this, this drink, this food, this, this whatever it is, causes cancer? You can't, you can't take a, a cursory glance at, at social media and not read some post, some article that somebody has that says coffee causes cancer, the wine causes cancer. Fried chicken causes cancer. The makeup you're using causes cancer. The cleaners that you're using causes cancer. Newsflash, we live in a fallen world and our bodies are riddled with, with, with disease and sickness and we're all going to die. That is an inevitability. And the more, the, the, the more we understand, and the more we understand about how, about how our bodies are worked, the more, we, we, the more intelligence we gain, the more we come to grips with the reality that, that there is an inevitability about the demise of this, of this human shell that I walk around in. And the wisdom of this world does not bring peace, but it brings anxiety. If we'll ultimately figure out the way that our bodies are, are, are composed and the way that our bodies work, then we understand how frail and fragile we really are. Notice what the text says. The wisdom of this world, God hid these things from. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. This is not the only time we see this text. Paul says it like this in verse 18. He says, For the word of, cross, the, word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. For it is written, listen to the text, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world, through its wisdom, did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached. Through foolishness. 
God revealed himself. It's interesting that the text tells us in Matthew chapter 11 that God is the author of both the hiding. It says that that God hid these things from the the wise and he revealed these things to the ignorant, to the babe, to the unintelligent. God is sovereign. He is in control of all things. God is both in the hiding and in the revelation. The rest, the peace of God is not found in human devices. There is nothing that we can do. There's no amount of wisdom, no amount of intelligence, no amount of, of, of working that we can do to find peace, to find rest for our soul. Rest is not found in human devices, nor is rest found in the abundance of work. Now that seems to be uh, uh, a, a clear statement. Well, clearly rest is not found in the abundance of work. But how many times in our desire to accomplish rest and our desire to accomplish peace, we work at it? We see this in, in, in the work world. We know that, that, that we've got vacation coming up. And so in order for us to, to clear our minds enough that we may be able to experience a true vacation, what do we do? We work overtime for three weeks leading up to vacation so that we can get everything that we need to get done done so that whenever we leave to go on vacation, we can actually be on vacation. And how does that work out for you? Because on vacation, it takes you four days to, to, to get away from the three weeks leading up to work where you've been on a, where, where you've been traveling and you've been staying at the office till six, seven o'clock at night trying to get everything done and thinking about what's going to be piled up for you whenever you get back. And so we work at trying to create for ourselves rest. And we think that, that if, I just, if I just work harder, that I may be able to accomplish a circumstance and a situation where I can relax. Rest is not found in the abundance of work. In our desire to accomplish work, look at verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. That, that word weary literally means all you who are tired from work. Tired from toil. We work at accomplishing rest. We work for our righteousness. You see, we understand, especially in, in, in the Baptist world, uh, we, we have a cognitive understanding of, of the idea of salvation being of grace. But we have a emotional disconnect from this idea. I walked into a friend of mine's church the other day, and they have... Uh, dispensers all over the walls of that, that hand sanitizer. Uh, and so you, know, you, you walk everywhere. You, they're, they're in the sanctuary, they're in the hallway, they're in the fellowship hall. They're everywhere. They're these, these little hand sanitizer dispensers like you see in the hospital. And above it, it says, give us clean hands. And so you, you walk around and you know, if, if you want hand sanitizer, it's everywhere. And I walked in and I said, isn't that just like Baptist? We say, give us clean hands and then we make you work for the clean hands. 
that you're going to get. We say salvation is by grace through faith alone, and that it is not a result of works. So go out and work for your salvation. So do this, do that, so that you can somehow achieve the righteousness of God. We will never find rest for our soul in our working towards righteousness. We work for our righteousness. We work for approval of others. We work for for acceptance. We work for a reward. We work for love. We live in a performance-based world. And if I do X and if I do Y and if I can accomplish this and if I can somehow come to church enough and if I can read my Bible enough and if I can give enough money to the church and if I can demonstrate love and if I can cook food for people when they're sick and if I can bring flowers to people when, they're, when, they're, when, they, when they've lost a loved one and if I can just do enough, then maybe I'll be good enough. Rest is never found in the abundance of work. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are tired from working, all you who are weary, who are burdened, and I will give you rest. I want us to understand the rest and the peace that is found in Christ is not a result of works. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us of our spiritual condition and why an abundance of works is not going to accomplish rest for our soul. Look at what it says. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you formerly walked according to the courses of this world, according to the princes, the power of the air, and the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, or in the children of wrath. As we are in this world, we are by nature dead in our sins, dead in our trespasses, and there is no amount of work that is going to accomplish righteousness because we are by nature sinners. And we can work and we can can put on white clothes, but the problem is, is that our heart is twisted. Our heart is bent towards sin. And working towards righteousness, all it does is whitewash, whitewash our sinful hearts. I want us to understand, rest and peace, rest, peace for our soul, is found in the finished work of Christ. Hear this, church. It is not found in human devices. It is not found in an abundance of work, rest Peace for our soul is found in the finished work of Christ. Because what Christ has already accomplished, we have righteousness. Because what Christ has already accomplished, we are approved by God. Because what Christ has already accomplished, we are loved. Because of Christ, what Christ has already accomplished, we are accepted. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I want us to hear the, the theology in this text. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. But God made him who knew no sin to become sin that we might become the righteousness of Christ. You did not become sin of your own volition. God imputed. I'm sorry, you did not come uh, righteous of your own volition. God imputed our sin upon Christ and took the righteousness of Christ 
and imputed it upon us. Not because of anything we have done, but all because of what Christ has done. The finished work of Christ is the only thing that brings rest. The only thing that brings peace for our soul. There is nothing that you and I can do. There is no amount of righteousness. There is no amount of work. There is no amount of service. There is no amount of money. There is nothing that you can do to gain approval from God. You can't pray enough. You can't read enough. You can't go to enough Bible studies. You can't go to enough church services to gain approval from God. Because Christ has already gained approval for you. Hear this church. This is huge. Rest and peace does not come from the abundance of what we do. Rest and peace comes from what Christ has already done. Now, I want to point out a couple of things. If you go back to the text, Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are exhausted, who are tired of working, come to me and you may find rest for your soul. And then Jesus says something that makes no sense to any of us. He says, if you're tired of working, come to me and find rest and then we'll go work. <laughs> Say, okay, what? That doesn't make any sense. Jesus says, come to me, verse 28, all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, the yoke is, is that wooden thing that, that the horse or the oxen would, would wear while they were plowing the field. Take my yoke, that which enables you to do work. Take my yoke upon me and you will find rest. For my yoke, my labor is easy and my burden or my load is light. So Jesus says, if you're tired of working, come to me and I will give you rest and we'll go work together. You say, well, wait a second, I thought I was just tired. I need a break, I need vacation. I thought we just, we just established this. How is it that, that, that me now working is going to provide rest for my soul? Well, I want us to point out that rest is found in the finished work of Christ, but rest, peace for our soul, is not the absence of work. There is much to do. So what is Christ saying? Well, let's look at this idea of, of the yoke. Historically, uh, they would use animals, horses, oxen, mules to, to pull loads, to plow fields, to do things like that. And an animal can generally pull about his own weight. So if you've got a 1,500-pound horse, it can do about 1,500 pounds of work. If you hook it up to a, to a, a load, it can pull about 1,500 pounds of uh, 1,500 pounds. And so if you have two animals each weighing about 1,500 pounds, then you put them together, then consequently they would be able to, to do about 3,000 pounds, right? Well, not so. If they're yoked together, if they're yoked together, that, that's that big wooden thing that you see. If they're yoked together, two animals of equal strength and equal weight can pull, two 1,500-pound animals can do 6,000 pounds of work. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying this, is that there is much to do. He's just got done telling his disciples as he sent them out. He just got done telling his disciples, the fields are wide unto harvest, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest that God may raise up laborers, that the work may be accomplished. 
And so there is much to do. There is, there is a tremendous amount of work to be done. There are millions and millions of unreached people groups that have never heard of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And, and we, we are so, in this evangelical Western world, we are so consumed with the second coming of Christ, that we forget that there are thousands and thousands and millions and millions who've never heard of the first coming of Christ. There is much work to be done. There are poor that need the gospel preached to them. There are the sick that need the healing of Christ. There is much to do. And rest and peace for our soul is not the absence of our work, but it is the partnership of our work with the grace of God. And the person of Jesus Christ. Rest is not the absence of work. Rest is the presence of grace. So many times we see this passage and we say, well, if I come unto Jesus, if I come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, then God will take all my problems and He'll just fix them. All my difficulties, all my hardships, all my my striving, I, 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 I won't have to do anything. I can rest in Christ. Rest is not the absence of work. Rest is the realization of grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul comes to Jesus. He says, Jesus, I'm weary. I'm heavy laden. He says, there is somebody in the church... Look at, look, look at the text. Let me unpack this for you. And because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, for, the, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there is given to me a thorn in the flesh. A messenger from Satan to buffet me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I treated the Lord three times that it might depart from me. So Paul says this. He says, God, I'm weary. I have been working and striving. I'm weary. I'm heavy laden. There, there's something that is, that is burdening my soul. There is someone, some person, I believe from the text, there's a messenger, personal pronoun, a messenger, personal description from Satan, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to keep me from exalting myself. There's somebody that is constantly insulting me, constantly uh, uh, negating me, criticizing me. And I want this person gone out of my life. I want you to to, to bring relief, to bring rest for my soul, to bring peace. That I may be able to continue to serve you. And notice the response of God. Verse 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Rest is not the absence of work. Rest is the presence of grace. That while we are serving. While we fall short, while we stumble, while we fall, we have grace. We have forgiveness. We have the tender mercies of God. That says, you're never going to be good enough. But I was good enough on your behalf. You're never going to be strong enough. But I was strong on your behalf. You're never going to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. But I did it on your behalf. So here's the question I have this morning. Are you weary? 
Are you heavy laden? Are you tired of striving? Tired of trying to be good enough? Tired of trying to gain the approval of those around you? Are you tired? Are you weary? Come to Jesus. He is not going to fix your problems. The mortgage will still be due on Monday. The electricity bill will still be due. The people that you work with will still be power hungry. Your family will still be broken. But as you strive, and as you work, you'll have grace. And when that mortgage payment is looming over your head, you'll have the grace of God that enables you to succeed in the midst of your weakness. Are you weary? Are you heavy laden? Trust in what has already been accomplished. That the death, barrel of re- death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is sufficient. The grace of God is enough. Let's pray. God, we thank You. We thank You that, that Your grace is enough. And I believe that there are those here that are weary. They are tired of working. They are tired of trying to be good enough on their own. And they need to come to Jesus, who has already been good enough for them. I believe there are those here this morning who need to stop striving. And trust in what Christ has already done. Trust in the realization that His death, His burial, and His resurrection was enough. If that's you this morning, I'm going to invite you to come. Maybe you're there, you're out there this morning, and life has just kicked you in the teeth. And you don't know, you don't know how you're going to make it to tomorrow. And you simply need someone to pray with you. If that's you, I want to invite you to come. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest for your soul. There are some of you here, church members, who have trusted in Jesus long ago. But you've been relying on your own work and your own power and your own strength. Let us lay down our righteousness. Lay down our self-righteousness, our pharisaical works. And acknowledge our need for grace. God, as we respond to you this morning, may you find us obedient. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you stand with me as we worship.